if you are receiving this, that's awesome. So, did you hear about the guy who invented the knock-knock joke? Oh, yeah, he just won the Nobel Prize, dude. Yeah, he's a really lucky. Two facts, man. Hey, someone just threw sodium chloride at me. That's assault. Seriously? Hey, what did Spartacus say when the lion ate his wife? I don't know. He was glad he ate her. Okay, so if you turn over a canoe... Yeah? You can wear it on your head. Oh, really? Yeah, it's capsized. Oh, that's great. So it's my goats. You know, I saw a man standing on one leg at an ATM. Yeah? I was confused, so I asked what he was doing. Uh-huh. He said, just checking me balance. All right, last one. According to Greek mythology, yeah. Chiron was a half-horse, half-human doctor. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it made him the centaur for disease control. Welcome to the Intergalactic Boombox, podcasting into the universe of your mind, straight out of my mind. I'm Kyle Bear. I'm a voice actor who talks to myself in multiple original character voices. Oh, hi, Pete. Uh, what's up, bud? Hey, I'm exercising my right to peaceful protest. Uh, protest over what? Now, looky here, Carl. Kyle. I am not a mere figment. Of your imagination, well, uh, buckaroo. You see, actors are insane. We have all sorts of voices in our head, yeah. and we have to find ways to let them out. So I just happen to use this podcast mm-hmm. for that very reason. Oh. oh, hi, Drew Grime. From the Drew Grime True, True Crime, Crime Podcast. What are you doing here, dude? It is indeed a mystery uh-huh. within an enigma, mm. within a riddle. What? Within a conundrum. Okay. That's just a bunch of synonyms. You forgot puzzle. You, sir, huh? are guilty of committing a true crime. What? And my cunning and expertise in this field will solve this case once and for all. What are you talking about, man? What what crime? Uh, all right, hold on, everyone. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Um, hello? Oh, Karen, not now. I need to speak to your manager. I really don't have time. And I don't have time for your sass, Mr. Man. Okay, look. You think I'm just going to sit here and let you reduce my awesomeness to just being some random voice on a podcast? Karen, uh-huh. the point of the show is to offer something unique in the geek news podcast genre. Uh-huh. How many podcasts do you know hosted by a voice actor who talks to themselves pretending to be on a spaceship? None that are good. Let's all just bow our heads and give a little respect to some famous people who we lost this week. Uh, first off, Tom Sizemore, who had fantastic performances in Saving Private Ryan, Heat, True Romance, and uh, also some voiceover work in Grand Theft Auto Vice City. And of course, many, many other film and TV projects. He passed away this week at age 61. Yes. And also Topol, who died at age 87. Uh, Topol. uh, He died in his home in Israel. He's best known in the role of Tavia from uh, Fiddler on the Roof, on stage and on screen. If I were a rich man. Yes. uh, This is Asmer, the movie quoting Alien. Catchy tune, for sure. Uh, now, I've always attributed Topol's awesomeness as Dr. Hans Zarkov from Flash Gordon. Flash! Ah! Um, don't quit your day job. Yeah, so Flash Gordon, 1980, and the mega cheesy camp classic. Awesome soundtrack by Queen. Now, today's generation may not be familiar, but this is required viewing. And so if you haven't seen Flash Gordon... You need to bask in its uber-cheesy glory. There's a feature-packed 4K Blu-ray set. I suggest picking that up. I saw Flash Gordon when it first came into the theater in 1980. I do remember seeing some of the the cliffhanger serials of Flash Gordon from like the 30s or 40s, starring Buster Crab. What a great name. Anyway, I always preferred this Technicolor Overkill theatrical version. 
from producer Dino De Laurentiis, who also unleashed an over-the-top King Kong remake in 1976, which featured the debut of Jessica Lange, who current fans may know more from American Horror Story. Pardon the tangent, but rest in peace, Topol and Tom Sizemore. Time to shout out to the cats that spat sats. Sats are Satoshis. That means micropayment donations within a podcasting 2.0 app from newpodcastapps.com. Value for value. It's the new super cool way to show support for podcast creators directly in real time in app as you listen. What value are you getting from the content you're listening to? You can give it back in the form of Satoshis. Dubravco gave 1,000 sats and says, hoping to hear more of the death metal leprechaun. Death Metal Dan O'Houlihan. Thank you for the sats. Okay. We got an anonymous boost of 10,000 sats just to support the show. Actually, uh, that donation uh, dates back to our January 20th show, episode 84. Sorry, I'm lagging behind here. Joel W. boosted 1,111 sats. Dave Jones from Podcasting 2.0 Podcast gave 12,112 sats. His weekly automated sustaining donation in case he gets behind in listening. Fernfield boosted 1,172 sats and says, I forgot what comes after four. Good thing I don't need to be smart to listen to your hilarious show. Thank you, Fern. The question of the week. Time to pull the audience. Favorite comedian. Pocket Parlay boosted 2,850 sats. Says, I'm going to say Jamie Foxx. If you get a chance, watch Jamie Foxx Unleashed 2003. Prepare for laughter. Bernie Schaefer says Conan O'Brien and Jeff Dunham. Yeah, love me some Conan O'Brien. That's the reason why I kind of resubscribe to uh, Sirius XM. I love Howard Stern, too. So I, I go back and forth between Howard 100 and 101 and the Conan channel. Team Coco. Jeremy TV says Susie Eddie Izzard. James Newman loves Louis Black. Phoenix Fox, Robin Williams. Dalo R. Lance says, does John Ritter count? Oh, absolutely. You watch those old Three's Company reruns. It's good stuff. Levi, Lord of Anime, says Kevin Hart is hilarious. Millennium Exile, Bill Burr. He's one of my favorites, too. He said, his anger issues are my spirit animal. Michelle Travis says, my late father introduced me very early on to the comedy of George Carlin, and I was hooked. Oh, yeah, I, I totally get that. I used to collect George Carlin albums on, uh, actually, cassette back in the uh, the 80s and saw a lot of HBO specials. Uh, let's see. Michelle says, I got to meet Carlin backstage when he performed at the U of Arizona while I was in college. Oh, man, that is so cool, Michelle. Thanked him for great memories with my dad, and he was very gracious as, and he was very gracious and kind. Melissa says, not stand-up comedians per se, but the improv guys from Whose Line Is It Anyway? Wayne Brady, Colin Mockery, Ryan Stiles, Greg Proops, etc. They make me laugh so much it inspired me to make an improv club at my library. Very cool. Zero Inc. says, I would have to go with Chris Rock. Josh Lee, Jim Gaffigan. No question. The Last of Us has kept millions glued to HBO Max every week, and its season finale airs this weekend as this episode has dropped. And so I ask you, dear listener, if you've played the game from 10 years ago, which version do you prefer, the classic video game or its current TV adaptation? I'm asking a hard question here. So Troy Baker or Pedro Pascal? The choice for many actually may not be that easy. Now, I can't answer this because I haven't played the game. I did download it onto my PS5 after watching the first episode, but time's a very hard thing to come by. I mean, I do know from watching various clips that have compared the game to the show, and I've heard what a tremendous performance from Troy Baker and Ashley Johnson. Even without having played it, I can totally see why The Last of Us game 
got all the accolades it did. Now, I get why a good chunk of viewers who have played the game may be biased by the acclaimed performances and gameplay, and I can only judge it as a TV show. And as such, it's brilliant. A roller coaster ride of feels over nine episodes, and the wait for season two seems infinite. Now, are you good with all the inevitable changes jumping from console to streaming, or are you crying blasphemy? Now, having the original creator directly involved seems to be boding well, and the podcast companion to The Last of Us is highly recommended. you got to listen to that. Great insight into why certain changes were made. So, what's your go-to for the story of Joel and Ellie? Is it the game or the HBO Max series of Last of Us? Boost your reply in a Podcast 2.0 app. Doing so gives you the chance to send a customizable amount of financial support simultaneously. Or hit me up on Twitter, at BoomboxPod. A movie franchise fans get excited over uh, time and time again, and then ultimately get disappointed time and time again. Alien, which is getting a new self-contained movie, this time from director Fetty Alvarez. He gave us an excellent thriller, Don't Breathe, a few years ago, as well as from 2013, the excellent, serious Evil Dead remake. And probably my favorite project of his, this amazing visual audio drama called Calls on Apple TV. That's from a couple years ago. It's pure voice acting, but on screen, you see a visualizer that just reacts to the sound waves, to the dialogue, and all the conversations are all phone calls. Super suspenseful. The acting is incredible. I would rank it easily as one of my all-time favorite audio dramas. Back to Alien. So I know Prometheus has its fans, but between that and Alien Covenant, Ridley Scott kind of uh, didn't exactly reignite the brilliance of his 1979 original. That's just my opinion. But Fetty's pedigree uh, definitely has me intrigued and Scott is producing. Little bum to learn that this new Alien movie is heading straight to Hulu, just like last year's awesome Predator prequel, Prey. That movie deserved to be seen on a big screen, but that was shot in the middle of the pandemic, and perhaps Fox got a little gun-shy about risking understandably half-empty theaters, so to streaming it went, which deservedly helped boost Hulu's subscriber base. And on top of that, Alien Covenant and Prometheus box office numbers and reviews didn't exactly set the world on fire either. As I said before, this new Alien movie will be self-contained, and there is a planned TV series also coming to Hulu. Release date and more plot info for this new Fetty Alvarez-helmed alien feature will drop eventually. Creed 3 is getting a lot of box office love, and Michael B. Jordan is riding high, not only starring in, but making his directorial debut. He hasn't shied away from expressing his love for anime, and he has revealed the central conflict in Creed 3 had a huge Naruto influence. Co-star Jonathan Majors, who you can also catch in theaters as Kang in Ant-Man Quantumania, was shown a particular fight from Naruto, Kakashi versus Obito, in preparation for Creed 3. Jordan also says elements of Dragon Ball Z, Jujutsu Kaisen, Full Metal Alchemist, and My Hero Academia are also present. And with a huge box office, Kotaku is reporting the possibility of an anime spinoff. Which, given Jordan's fandom, that makes perfect sense. As a voice actor who's been in all the anime I've just listed, Michael, if you are listening to this podcast somehow, or someone who works with him, I'd love to audition. Speaking of anime, Naruto is one of those tentpole franchises. It's enjoyed two decades of popularity, and I signed a lot of Kiba Funko Pops. But this week, the official website for Naruto has announced four brand spanking new episodes of the original series. It's going to start airing in Japan this September, so fingers crossed, Viz will want the dubcast involved. Let's go, Akamaru! Fang over Fang! 
From my top secret underground bunker in Pahrump, Nevada, Conspiracy here with all the news you can't use. Page one. The ocean is full of many things besides water. Sunken boats, hidden treasure, portals to other dimensions. But I digress. It also has really old mollusks. The Gulf Specimen Marine Laboratories in Florida discovered a 214-year-old clam. Like with rings in trees, counting layers on the shells determines its age. They named this sucker Aber Clam Lincoln. <laughs> Clever. Because it's been alive since the former president's birth year of 1809. I say we scoop up this big sucker and haul him to watch a play or something, and then put a bullet in its head, and then deep fry it. Solve world hunger. After all, you fry anything, even your shoes will taste good. Well, hi! Mommy... Fancy seeing you here. Well, now, Kenny, I done told you. Uh, uh, our family uses code names to protect our privacy and identities. Mm. Now, how do we address me, Sugar Plum? Uh, misinformation. Bless your heart. Yes, misinformation. Now, I just had to duck my head into your bunker and support my baby boy. Look, Mommy. Uh, misinformation. I got to get back to my news here, so... Uh, now, hold your horses. I just wanted to comment about that Aberclam link. What, you want to vote for him? I second the idea to cook him up faster than I can say shut the front door. Mm -hmm. You know, so much of the animal kingdom's trying to kill us all. Oh, that's only in Australia. Oh, that's what they want you to think, Kenny. The government is deceiving everybody about everything. Uh-huh. Animals aren't called what they teach you they're called. Oh? I have uncovered classified documents. Do tell. Okay. You see, skunks mm -hmm. are actually called fart squirrels. Uh-huh. And kangaroos are velocirabbits. Well, I'm sure Australians call them all sorts of things. Like Adonis Creed's next opponent. <laughs> now, possums ain't little people in creepy costumes, even though they look like it. They're actually called trash pandas. Yeah. And seagulls, they're highly annoying. But the public has the right to know we all need to be calling them by their real name. What's that? Beach chicken. <laughs> All right, that'll do, misinformation. Great expose. Uh, well, uh, thanks uh, for blowing the lid off corruption. Uh, don't forget to brush your teeth, darling. Your breath smells worse than a 200-year-old clam. Uh, look, just uh, pass me those thin mints. Girl Scout cookies will mask any scent. <laughs> now, Kenny, don't eat a whole sleeve this time. That'll make your moves swell. Anyway, page two. I need a glass of milk. Mm. Discoveries can stir all kinds of emotions, running the gamut of exciting to downright scary. This time in the Arctic, thawing permafrost from nearly 50,000 years ago run the risk of reviving a virus that could potentially kick humanity in the baby maker. The strain was discovered a mere 52 feet below the surface. And while it can't pose a threat to humans or animals, God knows what other things are beneath the ice. I say we show these scientists John Carpenter's The Thing so they learn why freezing is the better choice. Pronto! Page 3. Family reunions can go one of two ways. Heartwarming or supremely annoying. And you can't wait to come up with an excuse to leave early fast enough. Aw, look at the time. Nope, 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 nope. Shut up, you! Uh, sorry. Nice try, Poindexter. I'll just wait over here. Anyway, Maydell Taylor Hawkins, no relation to the late Foo Fighters drummer, a woman in Kentucky with more than 200 great-great-grandchildren recently met their great-great-great-grandchild. At the ripe young age of 98, she spent a few hours at her nursing home with ladies representing six living generations. 
Hawkins pumped out 13 crotch monkeys, which led to 106 grandchildren, 222 great-grandchildren, 234 great-great-grandchildren, and 37 great-great-great-grandchildren. Oh, my God! Great kookamooka. It's a beautiful and rare thing. I get it. Okay, but uh, I only have two words to say. Birth control. It's a concept. And I'm spent. That's all the news you can't use. Conspiracy here from my dump in Pahrump. Uh, can I say it now? Don't ask me. Ask Kojak. It's his show. Uh, sorry, dude. Yeah, go ahead and say the thing. Aw, look at the time. The Intergalactic Boo Box was brought to you by Meth Moose. No relation to Cocaine Bear, but quasi-related to Heroin Elephant. Portions of this podcast were edited due to not being recorded in the first place. Remember, kids, the immortal words of Buddy the Elf, who said, I am a cotton-headed ninny-muggins. Till next time, doodles. Doodles.